What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer, three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And I also write for Sports Al Dente and all LA sports website, where I cover the Chargers as well. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, a lot to talk about on today's show. We have more of the NFL's top 100, which we'll get into in the second segment. But on today's show, it's going to be Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon that show up next on the top 100 for the NFL out of the six Chargers that made the list. So we'll get into that. But first, we're going to get into the news of the day. The Chargers waived a couple of players and they brought in a couple of offensive linemen, which is what you want to see if you're Charger fans. But it's not any offensive linemen that you may have heard of. So I don't think it's very exciting, but that is the news today. And a couple of guys, one of John's favorite players, Cole Toner, uh, was released from the team. So we'll hear John's you know heartbreak on that. But we're also going to get to, in the third segment, a lot of Charger fans on Twitter have been talking about the Chargers potentially bringing in Trent Williams from the Redskins, who is currently in a holdout situation there. So we'll talk about how realistic that could be. Now you're locked on Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade with David Drugmeyer and John Kegley, your host. And the lead story today is the Chargers bringing in a couple of players and both of them offensive linemen. The Chargers claimed offensive lineman Larry Allen Jr. and signed offensive lineman Jamar McGloster. Larry Allen Jr. is a guard who was undrafted and was previously with the Cowboys before he was released. And McGloster has bounced around a little bit, including on the Chargers practice squad in 2018 for a little while and now comes back to the team who obviously needs a lot of offensive line help. To make these moves, the Chargers waived injured Trayvon Johnson and center slash guard Cole Toner. So, guys, I don't think either of the guys that were let go really mean much in this situation just because we all saw a lot more of Colt Toner last year in the preseason than we wanted. And we were all pretty sure that he was not the answer there. I know John Kegley knew that for sure. But they do bring in a couple of fresh offensive linemen, which could be good news for the Chargers, depending on what you think of these two guys. So, John, the two guys they brought in, Larry Allen Jr., Jamar McGloster, neither one of these guys was super highly touted, didn't get drafted. So either of these guys that you want to talk about as guys that could potentially make some noise during training camp? Personally, none of them really could make noise. I mean, Larry Allen Jr. could maybe make noise because his dad is a legend, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a legend, just ask Michael Jordan's son. But I would like to think that with McGloster, you could maybe mold him into something. He's a pretty big dude. He could be a really good run blocker. You just have to have a coach that could train him, someone that could get his footwork better, someone that can make him move laterally better. I was, I remember I used to look him up during the draft a couple of years ago, and they were telling him how big he was, and he's a massive guy. He could be a good run blocker, but the big knock on him why no one wanted to get him was he couldn't move laterally. He couldn't, even his footwork was really bad. If it came to playing off the corner, he was really bad. And he's a right tackle. So you have to have all three of those things. So if you can get a coach that can mold him, maybe he could be a project. But he's an undrafted free agent that's been around a few teams. So you don't have time for him to be a project. He's got to produce now. But he's both just camp bodies in my mind. 
And more than likely that will be the case. But when you have the question marks the Chargers do on the offensive line, it gives really anyone a chance. I mean, Cole Toner was on the roster last year, guys. So to think these guys don't have any chance is probably thinking too much of it. I think they definitely have some chance. I mean, John, we're talking about a two-time Ivy Leaguer first team with Larry oh. Johnson Jr. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. But uh, the place that you need the most help right now is tackle. So McGloster is the guy that you would think, you know, maybe he could turn into something. And you know that Anthony Lynn likes big guys, big physical players who can move people in the running game. And he is that. I mean, he's a guy that can be very physical. He's a guy that can drive players off of the line of scrimmage. But when you're going up against fierce pass rushers, you have to have that footwork. And I mean, he's going to be going up against Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You can't necessarily have a guy out there that footwork needs so much work. I think that maybe he can improve. Maybe he shows enough. But right now, I don't think the Chargers are ready to move on from the four tackles that they have right now. They have Sam Tevy, Trent Scott, and then Russell Okung, Trey Pipkins, plus another couple of guys that we're unsure about. But those four guys, I don't think the Chargers are ready to move away from, whether we think that's the right decision or not. But, David, at the end of the day, these are not two signings that you think make a big difference on this offensive line. I think right now I'm projecting this to be one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, and that's even with assuming Forrest Lamp is going to start and not knowing what's going to happen with Russell Okung. And neither of these signings, are enough to change my mind, and I don't think should really change anyone's mind about the complexion of this offensive line to this point. No, I don't think so either. I, I mean, you look at these moves, they don't move the needle at all. I mean, it's just camp bodies replacing other camp bodies. I, I know that's messed up to say, but that's the reality of the situation. You, I mean, you like the fact that they're shuffling talent in the offensive line because, hey, you never know. They might find that diamond in the rough that might help them out, but, you know, the percentage of that, the likelihood of that is obviously very small, but we would be remiss if we did not alert you guys and make sure you guys are up to date on every single signing. So you can make those determinations from yourself, you know, watch those guys in training camp, look for those guys in preseason and see if they stand out. Exactly. And I think when you're a team like the Chargers are who don't have a ton of cap space, you already missed out on the free agents that were available. You kind of have to play a numbers game to some extent. Every position that's not producing on the field right now with these injured guys or guys that they're waving, those are potential guys that could be diamonds in the rough. And even if it's unlikely, I mean, they're just throwing a wide net and hoping they can bring something back. But as always, my questions are always going to be with the coaching staff. And if you have the coaching staff in place that can actually bring these guys in, find that talent and develop it into someone who can start in the NFL or at least be a key contributor. So we have seen some guys we didn't feel were very good, you know, turn in serviceable work on the offensive line. But for the most part, this coaching staff hasn't been able to elevate offensive linemen's play guys that you're picking late and things like that. And um, a lot of the guys that they've drafted at those positions have ended up being gone a few seasons later. So I don't have a lot of confidence in the offensive line to get the most out of these players, the coaching staff that is. So for me, it's pretty lukewarm. And hey, maybe there's a guy later on in the show we could talk about to come in and cure the woes of the Chargers offensive line. But we do have two more segments to get into. And in the next segment, we're talking Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon making the NFL's 
top 100 list. You know Melvin Gordon wants as many people to see that as possible. But first, I need to tell you guys about my friends over at BlueChew.com. Let's talk about sex, and I'm talking about good sex. And you can get that back with BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The best part about Blue Chew, guys, is all the orders ship straight to your door in a discreet packaging, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. When you guys go to BlueChew.com, you can get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code Locked On. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. The product is free, and you can do that at B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On, guys. It's free. What do you have to lose? BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. All right, guys, time to get back into one of our favorite things to talk about every year, even though it makes us more frustrated than anything most times, and that's the NFL's top 100 list. So this year, six Chargers made the list. We told you last time that Desmond King didn't make the list, which is just absolutely absurd. But there there are a lot of guys to talk about that are on this list and you know, ranked very well. I mean, six guys in the top 56 I don't think that's anything to sneeze at. But today we're talking about Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon. So Keenan Allen ranks the lower of these two players. He's at 38 this year. He's up three spots from his 2018 version of 41. So he's going up on the list. But guys, he is the ninth ranked receiver on this list. So David, nine receivers, eight receivers better than Keenan Allen on this list. I guess the ones that you would probably... Maybe have questions about our, you know, Adam Thielen shows up on this list after him and a couple of other players. And then Odell Beckham Jr. obviously probably is the better player, but didn't really play a lot last year. Do you have any issue with Keenan Allen being the ninth ranked receiver on this list? Yeah, man, I don't know, man. That, That seems a bit high for me. You know, I don't think I mean, when you talk about the best receivers in the game right now, I think. If you're not mentioning Keenan Allen as a part of that group, then you're wrong. Uh, I think he's in that top five. So to have him ranked number nine, uh, I just think that's too high. I mean, I think he's a better player than that. Yeah, it's hard to argue a lot with the guys that are in front of him. I mean, you saw the the season that Juju Smith-Schuster had last year, 111 catches, over 1,400 yards. Keenan Allen wasn't putting up those type of numbers. But at the same time, Keenan Allen's been doing it now. A little bit longer and then you see guys like Adam Thielen, Devontae Adams. These are both very productive receivers and I don't think I'm going to put him on the same level as you know Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., even DeAndre Hopkins I mean is a much better player. I don't know if he's up on that tier one John with those players but I think after that after the top five or six guys I think he's one of the top guys on that next tier. I would agree. And if you look at the first five guys on this list, because David said you think that he could be a top five receiver. The five guys they listed are Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and then at 19, Tyreek Hill. So do you think Keenan Allen's better than those guys? I mean, 
I don't think so. Personally, I don't think he's better than those guys. I think Keenan Allen deserves to be talked about to be a top five wide receiver, but to rank him above those guys, I don't think so. I think you can argue maybe whether he goes above Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, but other than that, I think he's in the right spot. It's, I know a lot of people are going to probably hate me for saying that, but I think he's in the right spot for this. He He's about the same level as Devontae Adams, in my mind, with playmaking ability. If you're going to talk about footwork, and maybe then you could rank him higher. If you could talk about getting off the ball better, yeah, he's probably ranked higher. But if you're talking about after the catch type of things, I don't know. I don't. I think stuff, stuff like that puts these guys higher than him. Adam Thielen could probably run after the ball better than Keenan can. That's one of the things that, I mean, Keenan doesn't excel at the most. You know, like I said on one of the last shows, he's making some business decisions there. But you also saw, you know, in that game against the Cowboys a couple years ago on Thanksgiving, that one play where it just seemed like he made everybody on their entire team miss. He has shown some penchant for that, but I think what hurts him in this is the touchdowns. I mean, he's just not scoring the touchdowns that a lot of these guys are. I think his game and Michael Thomas's game are a little bit similar. I think he's kind of a guy you could compare him to. But when you're talking about, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, these guys are deep threats. They're touchdown threats. They're just really the whole package. And I don't know if I have Keenan on that level yet. I know I do think he's one of the top 10 receivers easily in the league, and I'll defend that. But when you're talking about, I mean, top five, He's probably a better receiver as far as route running and some other things than Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill is just so explosive that it's hard to have a problem with him up there. I mean, with the numbers he's been putting up are just ridiculous. And, I, you know, some of these guys, are, I mean, that too, but I'm just talking about as a receiver. This is top 100 overall players. So when you're talking about overall players, you're adding that into the discussion. So these are all things that Keaton Allen is not necessarily bringing to the table. And I know that might. I'd sound like a slide to Keenan Allen, but it's not meant to be at all. He's an extremely talented player, but when you're talking about deep routes and beating guys deep and scoring touchdowns, some of these other guys have an edge on Keenan Allen. So let's get into the guy who's not here right now, but does show up on this list and Melvin Gordon showing up at 34 on this list. But unlike Keenan Allen, there's only a few more running backs ahead of Melvin Gordon, John. And those guys are Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, it's hard to have any. I don't know if anyone could have any problem with this list. I've said that before that, you know, Melvin Gordon might be a top five uh, running back. But at the same time, I would take all of those guys just mentioned ahead of him. You also don't have David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell showing up on this list because of their production over the last two seasons. So I think Melvin Gordon it might be a little bit too low as far as, you know, number 34. I think he's more, you know, maybe in the 50s. I know a couple of last year we were so pissed off because Carlos Hyde made the list and Melvin Gordon didn't. But for him to jump all the way up into the low 30s, that was surprising for me. It definitely was surprising. And that's with injuries. This guy is missing games with injuries and the Chargers went 4-0 without him. And yet here he is all the way up at 34. I'm trying to figure out how he jumped so high. If he would have been maybe 70 to maybe 45, somewhere in that range, I probably would have had more of an agreement to it. But I think he's a little too high on this list. That's, that's just me. I think he's too high. I don't think he deserves to be up there yet. Yeah, you could talk about his touchdowns or his yards from scrimmage when it comes to running and catching the ball, but he's always injured. And the way he runs, he's 
I liked what you said a couple of podcasts ago. He's taking the biggest hits. He's always getting hurt. And he doesn't always make the greatest read. He can make some people miss tackles, but other times he just falls so easily. There's no way in my mind he's this high. Let's not forget that he does score touchdowns. He does cause havoc as a receiver, let alone as a running back. And he averaged over five yards per carry last season. So we can't just take those things and throw them out the window because they are applicable. Yeah, I get that too, but I think the, the touchdown numbers I think are a little bit stacked because he's getting all those inside the three-yard line carries for the most part for this team. And there is an ability to scoring touchdowns. Ask Melvin Gordon, who scored zero his first season. So I don't think you want to underestimate his ability to score touchdowns, but I don't think it's the end-all, be-all when this discussion in this discussion because I think he does receive the ball well out of the backfield. I don't necessarily think – He's a good receiver out of the backfield. I think that he runs okay routes. He can make guys miss usually by breaking a tackle, and he's gotten much better than that. But I don't think just as a, a running back, as far as he's just getting a lot of targets, and I think that's inflating his receiving numbers a little bit. But we have seen him improve. He doesn't fumble really anymore, which was something early on in his career he struggled with. I think Melvin Gordon's a good player, and I think when it comes to this list, I think that he's properly ranked amongst the running backs. The next guy that shows up is Christian McCaffrey, who is pretty new to the league. So I think he might catch him in time, and you don't have enough of a resume there to put him above Melvin Gordon. So I think he's properly ranked amongst the running backs. But as far as top 100 players, I mean, Miles Garrett comes in after him. I think Miles Garrett is a better player than Melvin Gordon is at each of their respective positions. So I know we would all take Miles Garrett right now in a heartbeat over Melvin Gordon. So I just think where he is as a running back, it is accurate, I think. But at the same time, overall 100 players, I expected him to be a little bit lower on this list. But we do have one more segment to get into talking about the guy everyone wants to see putting on lightning bolts. And that's Trent Williams in his dispute with the Washington Redskins coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Manscaping. Reported the Locked On Chargers podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code LOCKEDON. All right, guys, time to get into the final segment of the day, and it's time to talk about Trent Williams. Trent Williams has been in the news because he has not shown up to Redskins practices and training camp so far this season. He has been outspoken in wanting a new contract. And in Trent Williams' defense, Trent Williams has been one of the best offensive tackles in the league for a very long time. Yes, he's getting up there. He's an older guy. But, hey, I mean, we see a guy like Andrew Whitworth still doing it. We saw Joe Thomas, I mean, probably could have played a few more seasons had the health not caught up to him. And if he didn't play for the, the Cleveland Browns, I thought they could actually be good. He'd probably still be playing. So I think that older players at his position have still shown in the past that they can still be productive. He's only 31 years old, so he still has, I think, a few years left in the tank. And when the Chargers have what they do at left tackle, David, of course, when you see someone like this potentially available, whether or not he's really super available or not is yet to be determined. But, of course, Charger fans are going to jump on that and be like, hey, what are we doing not trading for this guy? Some people even saying, hey, trade Melvin Gordon and getting Trent Williams. 
Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Even I said that, and after I said it, I was like, yeah, why would the Redskins even do that? But uh, also, why would the Redskins trade one of the best left tackles in the league? Uh, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, even you know, Jay Gruden said recently that the likelihood of, of Trent Williams being traded is pretty slim, which, I mean, again, looking at it you know, from a, a business perspective, why are you going to do that? I mean, how are you going to replace – that type of production, but hey, if we're living in in uh, you know in the fantasy world where you know we could potentially trade for Trent Williams, I mean, of course you you're going to look into that. I mean, with the offensive line woes all over the our all over the Chargers' offensive line, you're looking for upgrades anywhere that you can get them. You're looking for guys that are going to get cut, but you're also looking for guys that you know maybe are not in a situation that's conducive for them to be in a good place anymore. And Hey, Trent Williams obviously fits that billing, but you know, the fact he just, I I don't see it happening, Daniel, obviously I'd love it, but if it does happen, what would it take? Well, I I can tell you right now, it's going to take having to trade for one of the Redskins as running backs probably, but the Redskins have Adrian Peterson, Chris Thompson. They just got Bryce Love, who was a phenomenal running back at Stanford. They already have Darius Grice. That's four running backs right now that are supposed to fight for the roster spot. The other running backs don't even matter. So they're going to have to try to get one of those running backs from them, along with Trent Williams, which means you're going to have to trade more guys on your side as well, whether it be draft picks or something. It's going to take a lot than just Melvin Gordon or Trent Williams. I don't know if they would even really be interested in the Melvin Gordon part of that. I think Honestly, if you were to have a trade with the Redskins, it's probably not going to be a player-for-player player type of a trade. Yeah, they might be able to throw one of those younger guys in, and you give them Melvin Gordon, but who knows if they even want to pay Melvin Gordon. They have one rookie running back in Bryce Love, and they also have a second-year running back on a, a rookie contract in Darius Geis. What have we learned from this situation, guys? Teams do not want to pay running backs, so to think that you know the Redskins are one of the few teams that Mike might make Melvin Gordon a deal that he can't refuse and get him to come to camp, I think is assuming a lot. So I think that it would just take draft capital to get a guy like Trent Williams. Jay Gruden said today that he highly doubts that he gets moved. So I don't really think it's realistic at this point, but I mean, if you're the chargers and it's anything within reason, I think you pull the trigger on that. I mean, obviously he's under contract for two more seasons And part of the reason that Trent Williams wants out of there is not just the money. He does want a new contract, and at his age of 31, who knows by if 33, if he's going to get that long-term contract that he wants in free agency. But the Redskins have also just been a dumpster fire and mishandled the medical situation with him involving a tumor on his head, which is really scary. And, I mean, we've seen even in other sports, you know, think of Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio – if you mishandle a player's injury like that, Kevin Durant in, in Golden State, when you mishandle that and you tell a guy he's good to go and he doesn't feel like he is, I, that's a really hard to do, John. It's very hard to get that trust back in an organization if you feel they don't have your best interest at heart. And so if, if he really wants to sit out, I mean, most places are saying right now that the end is not in sight for this holdout. So I think he could really potentially be available no matter what Jay Gruden has to say, because of course they have to try to keep as much leverage as possible. That's a bridge, John, that they probably should not have burned because that's really hard trust to get back. It's a lot of trust that's being burned right now. This isn't, you know, respect for a coach like the Mike McCoy issue that we had. This is a player's health and career on the line. 
issue. And when you mishandle an injury, you could end someone's career. You could tell them, okay, yeah, your knee's good to go. Go ahead, go out there and play. And then next thing you know, bam, they got a torn ACL on a non-contact injury on that same knee. They're going to be looking at you, the trainer, who said, oh, yeah, you're good to go. Go play. And that just means that the organization doesn't have your health as their priority. All they care about is making money. They don't care what happens to you. They'll just throw you to the side. So you lose trust in that. Trent Williams has lost trust in that. And I agree. I don't think he's going to end his holdout anytime soon, no matter what money he gets, unless they're going to give him like five years with a ton of money guaranteed so that if it does happen, he can just sit on the couch and not worry about a thing. Then maybe he signs. Maybe. And that's a big maybe. But I think he's really looking to go to another team. I would love to have Trent Williams. I think he's more talented probably than any other player on the Chargers offensive line. I mean, I think him and Russell Okung at this point in their careers are not as far away as they once were. But at the same time, I'd take it in a heartbeat. The other thing that, you know. Would you trade a first-round pick for him, though? I think that's the big question. No, maybe. I think that's what the Redskins would probably want. They'd probably want a first-round pick so they can draft a new tackle the next year. This is why I wouldn't do it necessarily. And that's because I don't know if either of these guys at this point in their career, and Trent Williams and Russell Okun, one of them's going to go and play right tackle. I don't know if I see that. I mean, I think you could potentially do it. And I think most most people think that, hey, you know, you can just switch sides and it's super easy. It's not always the case. Some guys are built better to be left tackles than they are right tackles. So even though in theory you're adding a ton of talent, I don't know if either one of those guys would want to make that move to right tackle where that automatically takes some money out of their pockets on their next contract. Because, guys, guess what? Left tackles get paid more than right tackles. That's something we have to think about. And both of these guys in the next two years are going to have another contract that they want. So to think that they're going to easily just go do that and and one of them make the move to right tackle by choice, I don't think that's going to happen by any means. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show, guys. We can all dream for Trent Williams, but don't get your hopes up. We'll be back with you tomorrow. But until then, guys, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. And make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's the Himalaya podcasting app, TuneIn, Spotify, and you can get the show before everyone else does. And if you guys want to get your voice on the show, we're planning on doing another voicemail show soon. So if you want to tell us about training camp, preseason games, or what have you, make sure you call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. But that's going to do it for today, guys. So we'll talk to you later. Take it easy and go Bolts.